Hello loves and welcome to the Introverts Toolbox, the podcast for introverts who feel like the world's kind of fucked up, where the biggest and craziest people get all the success, and we're left wondering like, oh my god, what the hell do we do? My name's Karen Hewitt and I am your host and we're going to go over systems, methods and skills you can use as an introvert to be authentically you and be successful. So subscribe and share this on your social media and don't forget to give us five stars and let's get started. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hello, my loves. So today I'm talking to someone who's a facilitator and speaker. They've got over 26 years in training development. And I was just having a conversation with him before we came on. And we talked a lot about the personality profiles. We talked a lot about differences between introverts and extroverts. Because one of the reasons I wanted to bring Ron on is it's all about that communication between both sides and being able to work together. Now, Ron's presentations are known to be interactive, fun, and useful because they do deliver results clients are seeking. He stays current with today's leadership and management trend through avid reading. He's a strong relationship builder that cares so deeply about his clients. Sits down with anyone from his sessions to address specific concerns and work challenges, as well as a lot of book recommendations. Now, we all know introverts, we love to read books. So book recommendations are always a good thing. Uh, For the past 13 years, Ron's had his own business, which is RLB Training Development, where he's been doing leadership and management development training, executive coaching, his thing. This guy knows a lot about personality. He knows a lot about that human relations. And on top of that, he's apparently, and I'm not going to hold this against him, but he is a New York Giant football fan. I don't get football at all. I am not a sports person, but he is a football fan and a marathon running. He is from New Jersey, so I guess that's probably one of the reasons he's into football. Like I said, not going to hold it against him, but we're going to get to know Ron today. Hi, Ron. How are you doing? Hi, Karen. I am fine. Thank you. (laughs) So, We were talking before we came on here, and you are an introvert as well, Mm -hmm. but you have found massive success, not only in corporations where you've worked, but now in the last 13 years where you've had your own business. And we were discussing a few things, and I'm just going to throw it right out there straight away, is you came up with, was the DISC profile. We have so many personality tests that are out there in the world it's like oh did you take the Maya Briggs did you take the this did you take the color did you do this that is who you are how do you feel because you come from a corporate background that does rely heavily on some of these how do you feel that that impacts how we view introverts and extroverts in this day yeah I think it does have a big big impact Karen and I also think the impact can be very positive, and there can be negative ramifications from that, too. I think a lot of times when people take personality assessments, and particularly when you know managers and leaders of organizations take the assessments, and they look at the assessments of their own people, they attach labels. And that's not fair. I mean, that, that's just not fair. I'll tell you, again, we were chatting before we came on the air. An old boss of mine one time, uh, people were in town from Copenhagen, which is where we were headquartered. And he was taking them around and brought them up to me. And he was like, hi, you know, this, this is Ron. He's part of our team. He's the quiet one in our group. And I was just like, man, I've been labeled. And, you know, unfairly. And again, it's just, it's problematic because, again, as we were 
talking, Karen, at times I can appear to be quiet. And what I'm doing is thinking. I'm processing. And when I'm ready to contribute, I'm going to contribute. And, and I'm proud to say, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the brightest guy in the world. I do have some good things to say. Just give me a chance to get my thoughts together. <laughs> you said you got labeled as quiet. And I think this is something that is a huge myth. And it's a myth that I'm trying to dispel. And that is that introverts are quiet. They're shy. They don't have anything to contribute. They're the wallflower. They sit back and do nothing. Just give them a book and they're happy. And we're trying to dispel this because introverts often have a lot to say. I always say we have superpowers. Extroverts have their superpowers and introverts have theirs. That's That's exactly right. And one of the introvert superpowers is the gift of observance. We like to watch what is going on figure out each little detail, and then contribute. That's right. So how did that make you feel being referred to as the quiet one? Like you were already like pigeonholed as... Well, I mean, it it was problematic, Karen, because again, the way I took it was simply that Ron doesn't contribute a lot. Ron doesn't say a lot. He's the wallflower during meetings. And that's just not true. And again, I will take full responsibility. As an introvert, I also need to realize there are times where I need to, again, quote, unquote, force myself to speak up and really say something. And, you know, sometimes that's not easy for me. And yet when I do, I'm proud of myself. And very often it is wow, okay, what I said made sense to people and they are, you know, they are okay with it or I can see they're reacting well to my comment. I think that's the key, that as an introvert, we need to learn skills in order to bring up our thoughts and processes in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming. Now, you work a lot with relationships in business and in organizations, the keynote and things like that. How do you help both the introverts and extroverts come together on the whole, not only the introverts speaking up, but extroverts being willing to listen? A big part of this, Karen, goes to setting expectations as well. And I I was talking to someone about that this morning. Setting expectations for people is so critical. And, And what I mean by that simply is when a meeting starts, The expectations need to be crystal clear in that, okay, everybody, this is what we're going to do. We're here to discuss, I'm taking this out of the air, are we going to launch the product uh, first of the month or not? That's the decision we need to make. Okay, fine, that's the decision. And then, everybody, this is what we're going to go, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go around the room, each person is going to speak, and and the expectation is, we listen. There are no interruptions. There are no questions until the person has finished speaking. And a lot of times, it's just been my direct experience that by those simple expectations allows everybody to speak, particularly the introverts. And I think that's a great point. We can help as business owners. Like I have a team and I'm an introvert. So I tend to always say, what do you have to offer? What do you have to offer? Because I know that's something that in the past, when I worked in business, I often got overlooked. 
because yes. I was watching. But if you have a team of people, you're a supervisor, try and go around the room, ask other people. And if you notice someone's particularly quiet in a meeting, speak to them afterwards. Hey, I saw you were quiet during the meeting, but I also know you're the kind of person that likes to process everything. I would love to know your thoughts. And you don't sit around, well, you're quiet, so now's your time to speak up and say, you know, I know you like to process. I know you were probably trying to figure it all out. I know you were trying to think of solutions because you're a problem solver. Give that person something that makes them feel that they're not being attacked because introverts often feel attacked for being quiet. That is exactly it. And again, as we were talking before we came on, Karen, so often, it, it's, I, I can tell you from direct experience and just talking to other introverts as well, is that my preference is working in smaller groups. I'm just more comfortable two on, you know, in a group of three, in a group of four. Can I work in a group of 20 people? Of course I can. It's not my comfort zone because I am an introvert and I just prefer smaller groups. I'll contribute. And, and again, candidly, maybe not quite as much in a larger group. I will contribute absolutely. If I feel strongly about something, I'm going to say something then absolutely. Right. And that's the other thing. Introverts tend to have a strong feeling to speak up because we don't do that small talk. We don't sit there and go, oh, well, yes, we like the color paper you printed this on. Yeah. It's like, okay, the color paper doesn't matter. But I can see here that this diagram where you've done this, this may break. Exactly. So we need to speak up because that's a problem. And actually what you make me think of, Karen, something that I don't do well is I am not, for whatever reason, and I do think it's part of just, you know, the introversion and how I'm wired, I am not a real good idea type of guy. I'm, I'm just not. I don't come up with real creative, out-of-this-world ideas. And I admire people who can think like that. I really do. It's like, wait, how did you come up with that? What I do well, though, is I can take the idea and then I can break it down and make it reality. I can put a project plan around that. The other thing I do well, I can take existing material, analyze it, and move things around to make it even better. You know, I mean, I oh wait, 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 everybody, I'm just this, you know, th this module does not belong in day two. It needs to be in the morning of day one because we can make the connections and, the, and, and those sorts of things. That's what I do well. And that's, and that's a big contribution. Right. Everyone has a big contribution. I know I've always been the off-the-wall crazy idea person. <laughs> that's me. And I am a complete introvert. But I sit there and I watch and go, so why are we doing this? Why don't we just do that? And let's go as crazy as possible, but I will put extroverts in the lead to run it so I don't have to be in front of everyone doing it. Right. And right. we have to, especially in business world, especially whether you own your own business, like I said, or you're in a career, getting to acknowledge these different individual types. And it's not necessarily a personality type because I don't believe introvert or extroverts are personality. It's a recharge mechanism. Because we can have extroverts that are shy. Uh, oh, they're just shy. 
Yes. That's yeah, but they're extroverted and they recharge by being around people. And then we have introverts that will get up in front of people, but then they're like, okay, I need some me time. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Right. That's, right. <laughs> uh, That's right. The classic example for me, again, is, is the future leaders program that I had mentioned earlier. We used to have 12 participants and we would spend, uh, well, they, they were in for a week. And we would work together, of course, Monday, Tuesday, and, and Wednesday. Wednesday evening was always our let's go out to dinner night. And as an introvert, at the end of the day, the last thing in the world that I wanted to do was to go out and be with these people any longer. And I don't mean that in a bad way by any stretch. I, I typically like very much all of them, except I was tired. And in order for me to recharge, it, it, the, the way I like to do that is just be quiet, you know, watch the news, read a book, whatever it might be. Now, again, of course I would go, and, and, and often it was fun. The point, though, is that it was exhausting because I was around more people and I was ready to just recharge by being quiet and being just with either, you know, with my wife or just with a small group of people. Right, and that's that recharge. It's like, oh, well, we've had this long day at work. We've all been in each other's faces. Let's go to the bar. And you look at it and go, no, no. <laughs> Let me go home. I'm ready. I'm ready to sleep. Um, so we're talking about communication. And the, I think the biggest thing is we have to develop skills as introverts to be able to present ourselves so that way some of our needs are met. Because quite often we are pigeonholed, we're put into that little square hole, we're square and we're putting a round hole, that we're quiet, we're shy, we have nothing to contribute. But the thing is, we have so much to contribute. We have skills, we have ideas, we have thought processes, we have observations, we listen we tend to be more empathic and get a vibe of what's going on and be like, oh, whoa, 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 hang on. This person's getting really upset about this. What, why are they doing that? What's going on? That's right. So what are some of the things that you would say from your experience you have found has worked for an introvert to speak up, to be able to get that interaction that they need to get to be successful in their business or career? I think sometimes, Karen, it comes down to having truly the courage to speak up when it's necessary. And again, I, I can give you an example of this. Working at the pharmaceutical company, it's, a, it's kind of a long story and I'll, I'll make it short. We were reorganizing and there were a lot of things going on. The entire training team was supposed to go to a meeting at one o'clock in the afternoon. And at nine o'clock, my boss came into my office and he said, I don't want you and Melanie going to the meeting. David and I are the only ones that are going to go. And he walked out. And again, being, being the introvert, I didn't say anything. I sat in my office for a while, processed it, thought about it, and it took courage and a lot of courage. And I will deny to absolutely no one that I was nervous when I went back to him. He told me this right around nine o'clock and it was probably around noon when I went to his office. And I was like, Joe, I have to tell you, I have a problem with what you're doing here. Number one, I don't believe it's fair at all to Melanie and I that we're not invited to this meeting. 
What message does that send to the other attendees that only you and David are there? Number two, how do you think it makes us feel that we're just being isolated? And I give Joe a lot of credit because he said, you know, you made a good business case. You and Melanie should be there. I want you there now. And it took a lot of courage to do that. It also took time for me to, again, process my thoughts and, and just gather the courage to do that because it's not easy for me. I know personally when I was in more of a career field than my own business, one of the things that I would do is something because a lot of time, well, we want to make this easy on you. You don't need to be there. We know you don't like this. You're too quiet. I'd listen and then I'd send them an email about 20 minutes later going, I understand where you're coming from. However, how are you expecting to explain this, 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 and this concept? And they would go, oh, those are your concepts. (laughs) Yes, and how are you going to present them? And they'll be like, okay, then maybe you should be there. So so be willing to speak up whether and you don't have to be as brave as Ron was and go into someone's office and go hey guess what you can do it by email you can do it by phone call it it doesn't have to be in your face but the other part of that as well is we tend to observe we tend to watch we tend to think things through and I will say there was definitely a dynamic shift in business probably in the 80s when you look through the history of the business, because if you go back to the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, the people in the office and corporations that were almost revered were the quiet individuals that got the work done, came up with the projects, created them, did all the administrative, did all the organization, the project management. Mm-hmm. The people that were naturally introverted and pulled things together as problem solvers. And then in the 80s, we had this dynamic shift, you know, the power suits, the Wolf on Wall Street type thing, where it was the charismatic individual that then started to take over the office. And we need both sides. Yes. Well, I mean, how, how, how can any organization be successful unless you have a diverse workforce? I mean, you, if, if, you have, if you have a lot of people there who are just talkative, outgoing, and like to have fun, of course we need those individuals. Except who's going to do the detail work? Who's going to put everything together behind the scenes? And, and just everything that goes along with that. And I mean, I give Joe, again, he, this is the, the gentleman about whom I was speaking earlier. I don't know if he did this consciously or not, my guess is that he probably did. We had a pretty small team and we were very, very diverse. He was, uh, you know, from the desk, he was the dominant of the the group. He was the results-oriented person. Joe was task-oriented, fast-paced, and got things done. Melanie was also fast-paced and she was more of the, the, the thinker in the group, if you will. She liked to get things done. She could put together beautiful project plans. And again, where it's just like, Melanie, the detail you come up with is just amazing. David was also you know, faster paced and relationship oriented, where he would do really good presentations. He could do things off the cuff really quickly. And I admired him for that. My, what I did well 
being slower paced, relationship oriented, I was this S, the steady in, in there where I built long lasting relationships with people. I also was the detail person. And I was one of the ones who could do a lot of the longer classes that we offered because of the ability to develop relationships with people. So we were very diverse and we were very, very successful. Absolutely. And it's also to go to say that I know extroverts that are very detail-based and really good at it. And I know introverts that are very dominant and very fast-paced. There is no actual set thing for an introvert and extrovert. That's right. But it's about having those boundaries and respecting not only yourself, but those around you to establish your boundaries, enforce your own boundaries. And I always tell people, if someone was treating your best friend in the way that you feel is unfair, would you sit there and watch it? Or would you speak up? And they're always, oh, I would say something. I'm like, so why aren't you treating yourself like your own best friend? That's right. So it's this boundary base. Now, I know you keynote a lot. I know you talk a lot on these, the developing the relationships. I know you talk a lot on business solutions. When you go into a business in order to try and help them form these solutions, to help them work together, to help them have more an effective collaboration, what is one of the first things that you do when you go in? One of the first things I like to do, Karen, first of all, is obviously just talk to the people involved and find out exactly what they're looking for, number one. Because, you know, I mean, I'm just not a believer. And again, it goes back to, I'm not sure I want to say the, you know, me being an introvert still, me wanting to make sure I have the details so that whatever it is we're going to do together hits the mark. Very, very often what I like to do is start off with emotional intelligence and uh, talk with the groups about that. And then once we've done the emotional intelligence piece, then typically I like to follow that with the disc. And what's so interesting about that, because you know, a lot of times with the, the way I like to do emotional intelligence is have people think about every single person in this room. And again, you yourself, Karen, I do every single person that's listening and or watching has strengths. We all have strengths. And that's part of self-awareness which is part of emotional intelligence. So you need to be aware of your strengths. I had the individual share their strengths out loud with their colleagues. This is what I do well. These are my strengths. And then, you know, because some, you know, I also asked them, do you believe this is bragging? And you know, sometimes people will say, well, I, I feel like I'm bragging a little bit. And it's like, I don't see it that way at all, simply because all of us have strengths. These are one of the, this is, this is the reason the organization is paying me, is to bring something to the table. And then equally as important is being self-aware of what our limitations are. I have limitations. I ask them to share their limitations with their colleagues. And then we conclude with, when is it appropriate to openly share your strengths and limitations with your colleagues at work? When would it be appropriate? And I mean, what we all so often come up with when, 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 when there's a new project being put together, who's going to do the presentation? I'll do that. I'm good at that. I'll take care of it. Who's going to do the detail work? I can do that. I'm good at that. Who wants to write the content? I'm going to, I'm going to stay quiet 
or I'm not going to volunteer to do that because one of my limitations, and I am self-aware, I don't write particularly well. I'm aware of that, and my colleagues know that. And the point I'm trying to make is the better the colleagues know each other, the more effectively they'll work together. And then when you can follow that with the DISC instrument or, or any other good personality assessment, I think oh, so many light bulbs start to go off where it's like, oh, okay. So I'm, I can follow that with a story if you don't mind, Darren. Uh, go ahead. Many years ago, I worked for Toshiba. My boss's boss, Tony Codiani, rest in peace, Tony, because he's gone now, was a classic D uh, from, from the desk and a classic extrovert. He loved being around people and everything else. Tony's reputation at work was he's brilliant. He's, you know, he's a pain in the you-know-what. And he'll get all over you and, and, and just embarrass you publicly if you make mistakes. One evening, uh, we were out in California for a, for a meeting where uh, Toshiba was headquartered. There were only three of us available to go to dinner with him this one evening. It was myself and my two colleagues, Rob and Frank. We're walking out of the building, and I still remember Tony turned to us. Guys, where do you want to go to dinner? Which stopped us in our tracks, because that wasn't like Tony. Tony was the type of guy, again, being the extrovert and, and just being in charge. This, this is the restaurant we're going to. This is what I'm going to have. And Ron, I think you're going to like this. And Frank, you should have. And instead, he asked us, where do you want to go? We, we talked a little bit. We end up at a California pizza kitchen. This mean-spirited bully, quote, unquote, which was his reputation at work, turned out to be insanely funny, just crazy. He was telling us stories about when he was a professor at Ohio State. I never knew that about him. He was telling us stories when he was a little boy in Brooklyn and stuff, you know, stuff they did. I'm looking at him just mouth agape. And we all were. And he turned to me, and I certainly will not use the language he used with me because it's inappropriate. <laughs> he leaned into me and he never called me Ron. He always called me Reich. He goes, hey, Reich, I have a question for you. And we're having so much fun. So I leaned in, I was like, sure, Tony, what is it? He leaned into me and he said, I'm not a jerk, am I? And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and I, you know, I looked at Rob and Frank. I was like, oh, boys, I could use some help right now. <laughs> and my response to him was, though, and, and again, it's like, no, Tony, you're not. And Karen, I, I made this longer than I meant to. This is my point. I'll never, ever forget how Tony responded. He looked at all three of us and he said, guys, I know how I come across and I don't mean to. I know what my reputation is, and you need to know something. I love this department. I love this company. And gentlemen, I hope you believe me because it is true. I love the three of you. You mean so much to me. And he went on to tell us some stories about he, he had protected us at certain times when we were unaware. And all of a sudden, our relationship just changed. It just changed. And I realized Tony did care about us. He was coming across as brusque and, and just abrupt. And it was because he cared. And when he did that, then, you know, when he did that in, in the future, as it were, it's just like, okay, I understand because he's only doing this because he cares. Deep down, Tony is a nice, warm man. 
It is kind of like the mama bashing that some women get. Yeah. It's all of a sudden we're quiet and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, mama bears out. (laughs) 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 So, no, I totally understand. But yeah, we have, I think the moral of today's episode has been personality trait has nothing to do with introvert and extrovert. But what it does have to do is with boundaries, knowing yourself and being willing to share yourself and what you do need and what you don't need in a working relationship. And I can even say that will go through any relationship. It doesn't just have to be a working relationship, a friendship, a relationship. Express, hey, you know, I'm really enjoying spending time with you, but right now I just need to recharge. So let me go watch my Netflix for 15 minutes and then we'll talk again. Uh, Karen, again, I I did a two-day leadership class at a pharmaceutical company quite a few years ago. We finish up, one of the participants came up to me uh, as, as, you know, everyone was leaving and everything else. Ron, thank you so much. Got a lot out of it. Oh, you're welcome. And he leaned in and he said quietly, it was two days of something else too. And I kind of thought I knew where he was going to go. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And he said quietly, Ron, it was two days of really good marriage counseling. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Because, and, and the point is for me, Karen, exactly what you said. This information is applicable across the board. Oh, this is work. No, it's applicable for work. It's applicable for marriages, friendships, you know, just anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Ron, if our listeners, our audience wanted to find you, where would they find you? Probably the best way to do that, Karen, is uh, through LinkedIn. Go go to LinkedIn, just you know, Ron Reich, RLB, Training and Development. You will find me there. And if anybody's interested, certainly just message me. And I don't mean that truly as a sales pitch. If I can help anybody in any way, you have a question for me or anything else, I will gladly, gladly respond. I'll gladly talk to you. And if you are interested in possibly working together, what will happen, and again, I promise you, is that we will have a conversation. You're not going to get a sales pitch. You're not going to get, oh, yeah, definitely. No, let's just talk about it and figure out, get the details, <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, I will make sure we put all the contact information and links in the show notes. I want to. Now, my question to the audience is, and we ask this every episode, in the comments, whether it be in the reviews of the podcast, whether it be on the social media shares, I want to know what is one thing that you've taken away from this episode that you can put into your life to help you live that more fulfilling life. We want you to grow into that best version of yourself. We don't want to change you. We just want you to be the best version of yourself. So drop a comment, let us know what was that one thing that just made you go, ah, moment, I get it. I, I realize it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ron. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk with you soon. Ta-ra for now. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Introverts Toolbox. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And you know what? I want to know, what is one thing you learned today? Is there something that you're going to take and use in your life or your business? Let me know below.